Welcome to the Founders DNA Podcast Show by ThinkUp, the first ever digital accelerator with a built-in ecosystem, enabling entrepreneurs around the world to validate their idea and build their startups in a fully digital way. In each episode, we sit down with the most innovative tech entrepreneurs, diving into their unique journey of building a global startup from scratch while facing the tough challenges of tech entrepreneurship, including the failures and successes, the stress and victories. All right, everybody, welcome to the Founders DNA. And with us today is Guy Edgar, the CEO and co-founder of InSounds. How are you, Guy? Good, good, great, actually. It's How are you? Very good and good to have you here. Good to be here. Great. So before we actually dive in and talk about your startup, InSounds, tell us a bit about yourself. So I'm 52, five kids at home, uh, born in Tel Aviv, uh, raised anywhere. Um, Singapore, US, Israel, obviously, and um, fun. So different chapters in growing up all around the world. Definitely, yes. Languages as well? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I missed that. I, I, you know, I got my English, so that's, that's good. good. That's very good. No, I passed on, on Chinese and so on. All right, now, in sound. So it's kind of obvious you're into sound, <laughs> according to the name. Um, tell us about in sounds in a nutshell. So in a nutshell, what we do today is we work with platforms and creators. We receive audio from them. We process it and we send back high quality, studio quality audio. So then they can, they can send it over, you know, the, um, be it the internet, the metaverse, and, and, and ensure that consumers would perfectly understand and have a great experience when they listen to what they say. So you're, you're saying, I don't know which kind of mic you're using, uh, recording anything, we'll take it and uplift it into a studio quality and it doesn't matter what you're using. Exactly. So in, in a way, what we do is we imitate how the brain uh, process audio. I, in this room, there are reverbs, yep. uh, there is noise. We don't hear that. I, our mind kind of reduces that on the fly. We do the same with microphones. So we take audio from multiple microphones, multiple devices, we process it, we make sure that reverbs are dead, noise is, is going to the minimum, and by doing that, uh, it's like the best audio out there. That's, that sounds fascinating and amazing, I have to say. Um, I, I just remembered, and I told you before the episode, that I remember a time when uh, iPhone versus uh, Google Pixel phone the hardware in the iPhone was a lot better than the than the camera in in a Pixel phone, and then all of a sudden, so many posts of a lot of people and users said, "This is the best camera, uh, phone camera in the world," uh, regarding Google Pixel. Um, and then at the end of the day, the hardware was uh, much less expensive or quality than what they had in the iPhone. So is this is this on the same level or, or concept? Very similar. So so in essence, we're utilizing AI. Um, software uh, to understand what what happens in a stream in a sound stream and we fix it and and for us we're using the simplest microphones people do not realize that inside an iPhone or a pixel device you have three or four microphones so we actually consume the raw data from each one of the microphones each one of the devices and we utilize this together with information metadata that we collect to better enhance audio. Yes. It throws me to another example. Um, I know a startup here in Israel uh, in the area of sounds and audio uh, named Waves. Not but a startup it, yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's not a startup. It's an a amazing company. company. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. a high tech company now. Um, but then again, I know essence wise, they're doing something similar. But this is really very integrated into the hardware. So I know they're working with Dell and creating plugins for the audio card inside the computer. And then it does everything you actually say, but it's, it's devoted to that kind of hardware, specific hardware. Right. So, so in a way, it's, it's in the same domain. Uh, in, on, on some levels, it's you know, competing with what we do. Um, but but the essence is a bit different. Usually, again, and again, usually, and and I'm not d downplaying Waves. It's a great company. Yeah. Um, 
they are taking an audio stream and they apply software to really fix uh, what's being, you know, what, what's broken, mm -hmm. so to speak. We go into the raw data. We make sure that on the capture level, mm -hmm. at the point of capture, and this is where the IP happens. Before processing. Before the any process. We capture raw audio from each one of the microphones. We're using in a way, you know what, I, I won't get into too, you know, technical terms and so on and so forth, but um, th that's the difference uh, between what we, what we do um, most of the, m most times, I would <laughs> say. Got it. All right. Now, uh, I prepared you before. This is where we go back in time, okay? And we rewind into the point where you actually got an idea. Where does that journey start? Where does that idea come from? And how do you get into actualization and really validating it or even not validating it and going, I'm going for this, I'm doing this? It's, it's a great question. And usually we do, we do not speak about that because <laughs> it, it associates us. No, in, at Insode, it, it sends us back into a, a place where we are no longer yeah. playing at. Uh, but it's, it's a great question it, and it's a, I think it's a great story. Um, so Go we ahead. are three co-founders. Uh, my two partners are actually 8,100 uh, um, um, guys. Uh, they are coming with the technology behind that. And Emil Weinbrand and, and Tomer Goshen, those are the two. Um, Emil was sitting in a 76ers game, 15th row. And he saw that the, the players are speaking, you know, with the coach, with the referees and so on and so forth, cheap talk and what, what have you. Mm -hmm. And he said, damn, I want to, to hear what they I say. I want to hear them. Yeah. What did he say? And, and, <laughs> and this is where we started. And the initial idea, and that's what I heard the first time from Emily and Tomer, was to actually put microphones inside a basketball, which I said, no way. Uh, there is no one going to approve a change in mechanics and, and weight and so on. This is not going to fly. And, and the idea was then, okay, so how do we deploy microphones, very simple microphones like 40 cents microphones in an arena and we're using software to collect that and 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 it went through uh, um, different cycles uh, we did what we call a microphone array so so a piece of hardware that has many microphones and it was like a drum the first one so a round big round and and this is when full we of microphones full of 400 if i'm not mistaken or around but microphones are you know they get everything, no? Yeah, they get everything. So the the challenge, and especially in a in a sport arena, how do you isolate? Exactly. How do you reduce the the, the noise coming from the crowd? So so that's that's the magic. That's what we've developed, and, and I think that we are benefiting out of that today because we had to deal with the probably the toughest audio scenarios out there. Yeah, and and it it wasn't only challenging in terms of. Um, the, the, the noise itself, uh, it's how do you deploy that? How do you put that in an arena? The initial idea, and we did, um, we did the first pilot in, in the TD Garden in Boston, and we wanted to put this microphone array first row. And, and the guys from the NBA told us, guys, each seat, Three thousand US dollars. <laughs> so we don't. So think this is so. the cost of your test. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's a great feedback because then we realize that longer term the microphone array will have to be um, you know a flat microphone that can be on a wall mm -hmm. or on the floor and so on. Just to be so positioned more easily yes. anywhere. Yeah. So through iteration, customer uh, discussions, piloting, we we started collecting ideas and thoughts about how the product will look like you know two three four years uh, down the road and we can we can speak about how we got to where we are today but that's kind of uh, that's where we started okay so and this is where the passion was sport yeah. it was so much fun we saw so many games you know baseball american football soccer Basketball. So, so the idea Fun. actually came up uh, from the world of sports where you want to isolate uh, a voice that says something to the referee or to his coach or to his teammate and to actually isolate and understand what he's actually saying. Exactly. Because I don't know if you know, to but enhance today, the experience. But today, because we're filmed, so they, they usually go and talk like this. They don't want people to read their lips even. Right. Uh, because sometimes they curse or things like that. So it came out of sports and then you found yourself in a research 
or in a in, in an audio exploration around that idea. Yeah. Which later on pivoted and changed, and we'll talk about it very soon. Exactly. Yes. And, right. and we can. I mean, listen. We we had an agreement with Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. worth probably around 25 million dollars wow and we've decided to ditch that and uh, the reason and, and again this is when when you start a company you learn so many different things and you have to digest it and there are insights based on that this is like data for computers yeah you receive so many data points and and the really the question is what do you make out of that what does that mean for the future And what we realized in sports was that first, probably we cannot really do a, f- a pure product. It would be an operational startup because every arena is different. Every sport kind of a, a league is, is, has a bit different requirements and so on and so forth. There are multiple decision makers. So the broadcaster, right? But the league, yeah. the team, the, the, um, um, the ownership, Um, the, the players union so anyone had something to say and, and you see that w- what this means is that the process is, is very long decision making is not easy you don't know who is making the decision one decision is taken and then someone else cancels that um, and, and for us this, this meant that this is not the real uh, a market that we would like to, to target, especially for an Israeli startup. You know, being an American startup, maybe it would be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for us, it was, uh, it was not the right choice. All right. So even though you collect a lot of data, you gain a lot of insights, and then you actually decide to pivot and do something else. All right, how does that happen? And I know that, you know, in a lot of startups, this is where, this is where tough times comes. It's a big challenge to pivot usually, and, uh, and it takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot. It's not easy. There, there are multi-layers. So I, I would say first, the founders. Um, you know, each one with his thoughts, passions, and, and so on and so forth. And, and it's like a baby. So now you change it, now you ditch it. Um, so that's one. Then you have investors. Uh, and they gave you money to do something specific. Now you have to justify the a change, pivot, yeah. a pivot. Um, employees, some of the employees came in because they love sports. You know, they can do coding at Insouse, but they can do coding at, at somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so, so it's not easy. N- And, and on top, there is the technology challenge. Okay, so we pivot. We have, a, we have a centerpiece of technology. Now we want to apply that to something else. It's not one-to-one. Yeah. It's, it's usually not one-to-one. So you have to redevelop some of the capabilities. And, and it's, it's, it's a big pain and a lot of unknown. I mean, you have to now look at different markets, decide which market makes more sense. Uh, then do analysis on the market size, uh, the cycle times, uh, who is your buyer, um, you know, who are you selling to, um, and, and so on and so forth. And, um, but those are, I think, and, and I think we spoke about that um, for, for founders, yeah. entrepreneurs, it's like the up and downs. The, ro- so the roller coaster, yeah. It's, it's a pure roller coaster. And I think that even in, the, in those times where it's very tough and you don't know what you're going to you know to happen tomorrow there is a lot of expi- excitement because there are so many opportunities so it's so it's both and you have to and it's not easy you know it I'm, I'm saying you have to live with that it's not easy I, I did that for the last I don't know so many years and still tomorrow It, it may bring me down and then the following day the sun shines and, and everything is yeah. good but, but that's the that's the feeling so I, I'd really like you from your experience try to draw like one tip for a founder an entrepreneur during uh, a pivotal po- time or, or period in his startup life we know it's so not easy and you know A lot, of, a lot of times we know out of startup statistics that a pivot is a, is a, is a crashing point as well. It's Can I use a cliche? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sometimes Shalom Hanoch. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Shalom Hanok is an Israeli, uh, a very mm-hmm. famous Israeli singer. Thank yeah. you, and and I love him. Um, and he has a line that it, it's always the darkest times before the sun, the sun know, comes shines, up. Yeah. comes up. Yeah, and and you have to remember that. I I think that deep inside you have to understand that those tough times means that very soon, mm-hmm. most times, you'll be able to ride a, a wave that is upward. Uh, and so yeah, it sounds like a cliche, but at the end of the day, these kinds of cliches and quotes are are sometimes, uh, you know, one of the elements in resilience for for entrepreneurs. So if you're listening to us, it might sound a cliche, <laughs> but adopt it. It will help. At the end of the day, I use there I is tomorrow. Use it. There, there is, is tomorrow, even if it's so dark and it's the lowest point of the day, or or a time. All right, and it's across anything that happens on your, you know. In, in our life. Yeah, it's not only in the entrepreneurial journey. And we're not journey. going to yeah. go into politics, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on from there. You're pivoting. You're going towards that new direction we talked about in sound, of InSounds at the beginning of the episodes. How do you actually take the entire company, changing the idea, changing the subject, taking care of it, everybody are synced, aligned, to the new purpose, how do you focus on a new purpose? You said it brings a lot more opportunities, which is a positive thing, but still, opportunistic, to be an opportunistic is one thing, but at the end of the day, you need focus. You do. You do. So, um, and, and maybe I'll touch on audio. Um, yeah. We were, I think we're lucky to be uh, dealing with audio. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. the optimistic side, the pessimistic audio. Nobody wants to pay for audio. It's, <laughs> it's you know, taken for granted. Um, so the positive was that we looked at, the, at any industry and they all needed better audio. And it was the automotive. Cross industries. Cross Audio industry. wise, everybody can Think get about speaking, you know, on, on your mobile in your car with all the noises around. Um, think about uh, the healthcare. Uh, when you meet a doctor and you need a transcription of the of the discussion you had with yeah. him, um, audio must be uh, perfect, so to speak. Uh, think about um, um, voice or audio to text, um, and of course, studio, TV studios, um, and I can go on. I mean, obviously, security, Homeland Security, um, audio has a lot of. Uh, um, I would say. Um, benefits so we were analyzing multiple markets we looked at the structure of each market based on our experience in the sport industry yeah we wanted to make sure that the decision making is is easy and we wanted to choose an industry where people were willing to pay for audio which is not trivial at all and 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 something that is big enough growing and so on so so we really um uh, took a few months to do market survey uh, we we acquired information and data we spoke to many people um, i think that one of the it was an israeli studio that we met with a united studio um, and and they met with us when we were still at sports and they told us look why do you do sports come to our studio we spend the equivalent of 60,000 US dollars on every stage each year for operational audio uh, work. Mm-hmm. And, and for us, if you, can, if you can reduce that, that's a pure bottom line save. And I think they were the first customer that gave us a feedback of, of this, we can take that into this industry. Again, this decision to go into studio, TV studios, was a brave decision because you are going into the toughest place with audio. This is where audio needs to be perfect and you have golden ear guys and it's all subjective. It's not objective. Mm-hmm. I can I can you know hear one thing, you can hear another thing and it's the same audio. And but but we we understood this is where uh, people are paying for for audio. Um, and this is where we can we can really uh, bring change to a word i mean automate the whole process what studios uh, uh, went through with with video you had a cameraman behind every camera today yeah. it's all automatic mm-hmm. um, so we we decided to do the same for audio now 
thinking about that, again, as I said, I have two co-founders. Yeah. So I had to convince them. And that this is the right direction. This is the right direction. Um, and, and again, to, to forget about sports, which we did for so long. Um, so so that, that was one challenge. This is before, you know, speaking to the employees, because I, I believe that once the founders are aligned, aligned Every, everything will fall in place, including the, the investors. We had to go through the investors community and said, or shareholders and say, guys, yes, we have a $25 million deal on the table, but keep mm. in mind that. Very courageous. <laughs> Spoke about that. Yeah. Or stupid. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but this is, this is what we, uh, we had to do. It, it takes usually too much time. As a founder, and I, I would say for me as a CEO, I thought, okay, I make a decision and it happens, and it's not. It's not. It takes so much time. People, to change our, I mean, even my mind on a specific topic, it's a, it takes so much time. And I, I kind of, this was a um, blind spot that mm -hmm. I, I did not realize how tough it is. But it was, you know, all in all, it was good. Uh, we took the deci decision. It meant that we need to develop on a different platform. And I, I'm lucky to have my two f uh, uh, partners. Um, and again, one of them is kind of hitting the top technology each time. He doesn't, he doesn't give a damn about what's today. He thinks like 20 years down mm -hmm. the road. And, and we, we took decisions that were so tough at that time. Uh, but, but uh, um, play out amazingly well uh, with the ability to provide a product to the market. So uh, when when we started, you know, the pivot, people looked at us and said, "You're crazy. This is not going to work." One of the, and for me, one of the joy moments each day was to speak to customers. You know, we were speaking to CNN, and CBS, and NBC, and Disney, and and usually the first reaction was like that. Mm -hmm. People go like that and say, "No way, this is not going to work." <laughs> and and once they go into this place, this is the best situation because it's so easy to show them to to demo the audio, the the product, and they they go, "Wow, how do you do that? How come?" And and you know what? I'll I'll take another example. It's interesting. This is the studio market. This is the media market. But when we we were speaking with Facebook and Google and, and other guys and YouTube, the reaction was, how come nobody did that before? <laughs> so you, you understand, you know, the thought mm. process of a different industry through the... Yeah, and how come and how a different industry can actually validate your idea and, and direction yeah. real fast yeah. just because they hear you different. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> Audio-wise. Yeah. So... I just I just want to uh, make something clear or understand you better around that. It sounds like you pivot the idea, which is pivoting the solution, before um, before you knew who are the prospective customers. We decided to make a pivot. Yeah. Before we knew where exactly we're going, but the process took probably three to f to four months to understand where we're going. And even when we did that, and it was clear that we're going after this market, we still wanted, to some extent, to keep some other options open. Um, which, in retrospect, is is a mistake. You shouldn't. I mean, you should focus and, and focus learn quick. Yes, yeah, and and go all the way. Yeah, and if you made a mistake, so change. Uh, but yeah, sounds adventurous. Now, today. What's going on? How's the business model working? I understand that the prospective customer today is content creators right. from all around the world, whoever they are. So what's the business model? It almost sounds like a B2C all of a, all of a, all of a sudden or touches the scratches the B2C. So it's B2B2C. Yeah. And we work with the platforms that provide the tools and, and, and you know, uh, um, applications for the creators. Uh, but I'll, I'll step uh, back for a sec. Yeah. So we, we do have a product for the studio, for the TV studio industry. We work with United Studios, with Altis, with CNN, and, and there is a line of other customers. 
COVID, ha- COVID happened mm-hmm. uh, in 2020, early 2020, and it, we realized two things. One, in the studio, we have a complete product. So we have a hardware, kind of a microphone array. So if in an iPhone, I have four microphones, we do a, a keyboard size 30, three zero microphones, very simple, cheap, and so on and so forth. But this is installed once at the ceiling of a, um, of a studio. And then the software uh, creates virtual mics for each one of the speakers on stage. Hardware and components were scarce. I mean, we couldn't find components, so mm-hmm. we didn't have the hardware to support that. Um, and, and the industry was in such a shock that, that production was, you know, was gone. Yeah. Uh, yes, news still happened many times at, at you know, Encore's houses. And but but the industry was gone for there was no one to to speak to, apart from Israel obviously, which was a home market. Yeah, and, and we it's could, easier. Yeah, much easier. Right. So we said, okay, so what if we could work with any microphone, any device, this any is hardware, any laptop, smartphone, TV? Very visionary. Yeah, and we said, how do we make ourselves um, hardware agnostic? And, and this is what happened during COVID for us. So we spent the last year and a half making sure that our software can run either locally on-premise or on the cloud, but get information, audio, from any device. And again, multiple devices without understanding which device it is. Mm. So you can throw three devices here. We don't know about the devices. All we get is audio from those devices. And then and you we optimize. Make the ma- yes, we make the magic. Wow. So this is what we do today. We, we provide an API, call it a developer tool okay. uh, for platforms. Mm-hmm. So any platform that, that audio is a, a big portion of, of the value of the experience can implement our APIs. And, and by doing that, they send the audio to us. We optimize that real time on the fly it can be you know different ways it can be post-production it can be streaming and we send it back for a better experience all right so you have an api for your magic now and a lot of platforms that are dealing with audio and recordings can actually implement or install or whatever the process is and then that's it sounds very seamless sounds yeah. very simple it is it is so we we have to make sure that quality is good and we you know it's it's great because we have all of a sudden we have a direct competitor called dolby io and 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 they make the um, the dolby the dolby, the dolby. Yeah, and <laughs> i i met them like a month and a half ago in san francisco i saw the sign and i was like, okay wow. this is this is heaven <laughs> um so we have a competitor that is that is specifying, you know, what the market size is, how many players you have, how critical it is. They're doing market education, which mm-hmm. is great for us. Uh, we believe with that we have a better solution, both in terms of quality, and I know this is a big statement to make with Dolby. Uh, by the way, Dolby acquired a company for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also on the um, on the implementation side. So we believe our API in terms of implementation is much, much slim, simpler to, uh, to make. And, and the business model across the board in this market is, is pay, as you, pay as you use. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it's a per hour of processing, can be per minute, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the, that's the business model. So it's very simple um, on all aspects, uh, but audio is not simple. Yeah. Again, processing audio is a, is a nightmare. It's, it's not a... Um, there is a reason why video is always leading the way mm-hmm. uh, visual and audio always comes you know 10 to 20 years after and and you see that again with with the cell phone the camera and the video camera there are amazing for the last 10 years audio is is being handled today think about the first uh, picture versus the first audio recording and, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth so, so audio is always behind and it's tough because of the physics of that and because the human mind cannot handle, uh, you know, frames that are lost versus the, the human eye that you, you lose a frame, but we make up for that yeah. in our mind. So there, there are also physics. The mind knows better to fill in the gap visual, oh, visual than versus, a sound. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds very interesting. 
Uh, I'd like you to try to um, elaborate more and bring more scenarios of, of your end user, who it might be and what is the use case over there. Why does he need that? So what's amazing with, with the, the fact that we have an API is that all of a sudden it's open for anyone, right? Because mm-hmm. anyone can take an API and use that. And we're learning through the process. So th- the focus is content creators. On the content creator side, we started with podcasting. We, we feel that there is a huge value there. And there is so much content flowing into podcasting. And there is even Spotify speaks about the fact that once the quality is better, usage is better. The experience is better. So people consume more. So that's one. But once we started speaking about the API, which is, by the way, it's, it's, it's being launched on September 4th or around September 4th. Um, but, but we have customers engaged and testing. And all of a sudden, we have a telehealth company that is doing remote monitoring. Mm-hmm. And they, they, their whole business model is around audio. So they listen to audio coming from multiple devices in your home and they analyze that. Well, guess what? They do it today manually. They have huge amount of people who are listening to the data, trying to understand what's going on. We automate that. Okay, so all of a sudden, you can help them scale. Yeah. So we didn't think about that. But once you have an API, once you have a capability, people would feedback you on, on what's going on. There is a company that is doing um, audio and video regeneration. So they record you once, mm-hmm. and then they have an AI engine that would speak you whatever y- you want. So you can you can make a Martin Luther King voice speech yeah. um, with your voice um, and, and so on and so forth. And what they realized that their, their business model today is that they send a microphone hardware to each one of their customers for the initial recording because they needed to be as perfect as possible. They tested our solution and all of a sudden they see that with a with a cell phone or a laptop, they have a better quality because even with a microphone, you have to understand how to speak to a microphone. Yeah. Now, even here I have yeah, to we have to be close almost, to the microphone. Yeah, almost kiss the microphone yeah. in that aspect. By the way, one of the biggest challenges for COVID studio, was, TV studios, because yeah, people were not willing yeah. to speak to microphones because people spit when they they speak mm-hmm. whether we like it or not so anyway and it's a tiny point on on audio again um so we are learning through the process um, and and we didn't even start you know speaking about um, metaverse and and volumetric audio and video i mean how do you recreate a uh, six degrees or six dimensions of of a scene even this scene. How do you know the location of each one of the speakers? Direction where the Direction, sounds come from. Exactly. And if I if I would like to virtually wander through a specific scene or space, how do I make sure that the audio is relevant and, and tightly coupled to what I see? Because if I if I go to the door and I still keep hearing you if you were in front of me that's that's bad the, the experience the, breaks the wrong orientation yes. of the actual physics exactly space. yeah and our mind kind of gets crazy with that <laughs> so um, we know it's not coming from the right direction so it interrupts our mind in a certain way yeah because we expect to get visual and audio synced not only in terms of timing but also in terms of location orientation and so on um, think think about the 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 th- you know the aspect of I can actually close my eyes, you can speak. I can I can turn around and I can still even with my eyes shut know can, that I'm behind you. Yeah. Yes, I can know the, the orientation, orientation, and so on. Yeah. So, um, all right, that's another cooperation with uh, Dolby maybe in the future when we talk about Dolby Surround and you know all their <laughs> yeah. So again, Dolby Dolby Surround deals with the rendering. So audio we split audio into three, capture transport and render. So uh, Dolby is coming from the rendering. Mm -hmm. How do we play that in such a way that you'll feel immersed? We deal with the capture. It's like a, think about a cake or anything you cook. Um, Usually the outcome is as good as each one of the ingredients. And as, as 
the ingredients are Great better. Great example. Great example. With each ingredient will be better and more quality at the end of the day, the whole recipe and the dish itself, the outcome, will, exactly. the outcome is exactly. a lot better. Exactly. All right, that's fascinating and I'm sure we can, you know, speak about it a lot, but you know, we have <sighs> more questions from people uh, all around the world. Um, let me just open the document and we'll shoot. Now this is gonna be kind of speedy, okay? So first, Shauna Wang from Chicago, Illinois, she asks, can a startup pivot several times? And if so, how do founders manage it? So we did twice. This is the second one in a way. That's especially uh, for you, Shauna. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, again, it's tough, but you have to be resilient and you have to understand that what you do is, is best for the shareholders. And, and you know, you, you have to make sure that, you know, just doing something because you decided once and it, if, if it doesn't play out, why, why, you know, go with your head against the wall and, and knock it, yeah. you know, 20,000 times. So That's not smart. It, it, usually it's not. <laughs> Sometimes you have to. Uh, but, but so, so, you know, realization that this is a must do. This, this is what makes it happen. All right. Uh, I hope you like it, Chana. So about your several pivot times, yeah, it can happen. Uh, just try to do it right. <laughs> and with the right investors. Yeah. They need to back <sighs> you up on this decision. Tim Robnick from London, he asks, um, how does Guy deals with mental stress? Jog in the morning. Um, take You jog every morning? Not every. I, July, <laughs> August in Israel. <laughs> what, we do, what we do. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I try to uh, jog at least uh, three times a week. Um, and for me, it's, it's just be on the Mediterranean beach to, to think, to, you know, to listen to the waves and so on that that's relaxing and making sure that they have other things you know other than just the startup and the work and the employees so it's family friends um it's it's that's that's what makes me uh, i guess uh, feel healthy better. all right in that aspect all right good answer uh okay Haggai. Haggai, how are you our producer and Haggai. <laughs> Haggai, <laughs> Haggai, our head of content and the producer of the show, asks, um, what is brand in your eyes? Does InSound invest resources in developing a brand? Because today, you know, it's not a B2B anymore. It's a B2B2C. So you need to have a certain connection with your end and audience or end customers through the middle. Two different questions. What yeah. Is branding? What is branding in your, your eyes? Wow, that's a. I'm I'm going back to my Northwestern MBA, executive MBA. It's, that's that's a big question, um, and and not a big question, but I'll I'll try to wrap my mind around that. So, what is brand? The the association of a name with a specific thing that is happening, or is being delivered, or you know. It can be it can be many times feeling, or or an actual understanding, um, and and I I would skip you know mentioning the brands because there are so many, but, but that, day, it's a name that clicks yes. with a certain so emotion. You exactly or, know what yeah. it means, either means or do or or deliver and so yeah. on and so forth. Um, do we invest? Yes, we do. Do we invest enough? No. And usually a startup depends on, on where you are um, on journey, um, invest more or less. Um, I think that what we can do in terms of uh, uh, building the brand these days is really deliver on the promise of what our product does. And by, by creating customer joy and, and great experiences, um, start, you know, building a, a better brand, so to speak, within sounds. Um, I, I, I think that this, this is, you know, uh, again, this is a startup branding rather yeah. than a big company. Mm -hmm. In a big company, you can do it with, you know, spending millions, tens of millions and so on and so forth. Here it's, you know, this is the promise of what the product does. As long as it does it, provide joy provides great experience, provides something that did not happen until today, and then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll build the brand. 
that's how I see it. Great answers, Guy. And I want to say thank you. We're in the end of the episode. And thank you for creating uh, or help us listen to better or better quality of audio effortlessly. Just started. So not we'll, just we'll us, you know, to, I'm talking yeah. to the, the entire listeners yeah. in the whole world. We might very soon listen to quality and a lot better audio effortlessly without us knowing that it's by InSounds. Or maybe you will know that it's by or, InSounds. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's, that's that what connects we have with, the branding. with the branding. <laughs> with yes. the branding question, exactly. Definitely. So thanks a lot. Again, Thank you. It was this a is pleasure. Guy Edgar, the CEO and co-founder of InSounds. Thanks, Guy. Thanks. This episode of The Founder's DNA was brought to you by ThinkUp. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe to our podcast channel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or any other streaming platform. If you're a startup founder, you can request early access to our digital accelerator platform. All you need to do is head over to thinkup.global and click the early access form application.
Think about a digital acceleration platform. Now, think up. ThinkUp enables entrepreneurs to manage their startup journey through guidance, data injection, and a global professional network. The journey map we create is a planning structure that provides the best practices for every strategic challenge point, reducing entrepreneurs' blind spots and giving them actualization, the ability to know they're on the right path to fulfilling their startup mission. For more information, visit us at thinkup.global.